Hi, and good morning from me, Peter Lewis. Welcome to Money Talk Extra, our regular weekly look at personal finance on Radio 3. Today on the programme, we're going to talk about some of the financial difficulties that members of the LGBT community face. Jimmy Lamb investigates the costs of smoking. And in our investment segment, I'll discuss a novel way in which you can make money by following the investment strategies of other successful traders. As always, we'd like to hear from you. If you have a personal finance issue that you would like help with, then please email moneytalk at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook at Money Talk Extra on RTHK Radio 3, where you can find links to useful resources and can listen to this programme again. According to various surveys, some 5 to 10% of the population are lesbian or gay. Despite that, members of the LGBT community face significant personal and financial discrimination in some parts of the world, including in mainland China and Hong Kong. A recent survey from Germany ranked Beijing, Shanghai and Hong Kong as some of the least gay-friendly cities in the world, with Hong Kong coming in 83rd out of 100 global cities. Here in Hong Kong, same-sex couples cannot marry, and even though they may be legally married overseas, those relationships are not recognised as valid when they arrive in Hong Kong. Members of the LGBT community need specific financial advice on obtaining marital protections, raising children, securing health care benefits and inheritance issues, and to deal with many other financial protections that are taken for granted by other members of the community. Joining me now to look at some of the problems and to offer solutions is Paul Thompson, who is co-founder of LGBT Capital. So what are some of the biggest personal financial issues that lesbian and gay people face here in Hong Kong? Um, I, th- I think the first issue um, is an issue that's faced by LGBT people globally, um, and that is that a lot of people are actually not open about being LGBT. And the first thing that um, any financial advisory company would say to people is that you have to get um, you know, good advice. And it's actually very difficult for people to get good advice if they're not actually able to be open about being LGBT. And one of the first things that we say to people is that you must have an advisor that you feel comfortable in talking to about uh, being LGBT, especially if you have a partner because you could actually be putting your partner or indeed yourself at risk if you don't actually get advice from somebody that understands all about you, including the fact that you are LGBT and the issues around that. And respects your confidentiality as well. Absolutely, respects your confidentiality and, and, and talks to you in a way that uh, is respectful and understanding and is able to advise based on understanding your real situation. Now... I should imagine that the L, the G, the B and the T, they don't all have the same financial needs either, do they? What are some of the differences? No, it, it is true. I mean, LGBT has, uh, you know, many different um, components to it. And these days we're continually adding letters to that as well. Um, primarily, I think that what uh, we tend to deal more of is, is actual same-sex relationships. So, and, and this really comes about where people are in situations which, which are not protected by the law, um, where a partnership is not um, recognised, 
Um, and, and obviously this is, this, this is true with, with gen, gender issues as well, um, where, you know, somebody may actually be living as a man or a woman, but actually may not be legally a man or a woman with respect to governments, etc. Um, so a lot of what we do is look, is looking at issues that people face and how best to address those issues. Now, if you're a gay couple and you're in a married relationship, maybe you're legally married overseas. We, we often say to people on this program, one of the important things is planning. But I should imagine it must be harder to plan if you don't have the security and the protections uh, that other people have in their relationships. Can you explain a little bit about how you deal with that? Yeah, sure. I mean, one, one of the issues that LGBT people face, particularly older LGBT people, is that they probably um, have spent a lot of time living in the closet and not being open about who they are and that that is very often meant that they haven't given f focus to financial planning and that's particularly the case with partnerships and we've done a lot of research and one of the things that we found with LGBT partnerships is that many partnerships have no legal protection at all but even a partnership for example if if somebody is married in the UK that marriage is not recognized in Hong Kong and therefore they have to plan around that. So whilst their assets may be, be treated as if they're a married couple in the UK, anything they have in Hong Kong has to be looked at differently and that can pre present many issues. What a lot of our research has shown us is also that LGBT people are less likely to plan financially as a couple. And, you know, we've looked at what those reasons might be. And clearly that is partly based on conditioning of society over years that you're not really recognized as a couple. But people tend to think more individually than the mainstream population. Again, one of the things that we really encourage people to do is if you are a couple, plan as a couple. And for LGBT people, it's even more important to plan as a couple because you don't have the legal protections generally. And therefore, do you have to find other ways to get those legal protections? And I'm thinking about maybe powers of attorney, living wills, those types of things to make sure that if something happened, unforeseen circumstances, what you want to happen in terms of who cares for you, um, if you were to die, what happens to your assets afterwards, actually go to the people that you want them to go to. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, you, you've mentioned a lot of things there and a lot of complicated things. And the first thing to say is that it's even more important for LGBT people to get the correct advice because every individual couple are different. Um, depending on where, where they're from, where, they're, where their assets are. But clearly there are some obvious things like, um, you know, insurance planning and what happens in the event of, uh, you know, the unfortunate death of one partner. Property is another example. We've seen a lot of cases where because people are not open about being LGBT, they put the property in one person's name and the couple and the other person has no rights. And clearly that, that is putting that other partner at risk. Um, and we actually uh, recommend that everybody gets individual advice and looks at all of their financial matters and says, how can we best protect this? Another area that I would mention is that, uh, something like pensions, uh, where if somebody has a pension, who is the beneficiary on the pension? And, you know, I've seen situations where individuals, LGBT people in a partnership, won't put their partner as the beneficiary because they don't want their company to know they're LGBT. Mm -hmm. So their pension therefore goes to people that they might not want that to go to in the event of their death. 
And it's simple things like that, that getting the correct financial advice from somebody that you can be open with, you, you're more likely to be able to address. So that must make it very hard to plan for retirement. It, it does, but not impossible. Um, it, it goes back to getting correct advice and looking, looking at everything in your financial portfolio and your financial planning and making sure that it's all structured to be what you would like, want it to be. And what about if you have children? Many gay couples these days do have children, don't they? Either because they've adopted them or maybe they've come from a previous relationship or there's all sorts of reproductive, assistive reproductive <laughs> technology now that allows you to have children just like heterosexual couples do. So there are more and more gay couples with children. That, I presume, adds all sorts of additional complications in terms of your financial planning, particularly um, as, if you, as, as if you say maybe you're not open at work um, or, or you're yeah. not necessarily open to family even. Sure, no, and we, we are seeing that more and more. Um, one of our partners in, in the UK who's actually one of our Equality Wealth Financial Planners has four children. And he's in a, in a same-sex partnership with, with his husband in the UK. And um, one of the things we did was develop some expertise around the issues of having children. But, but it is incredibly complex. Um, there are other issues that come in, such as immigration issues and what is, the, what is the status of those children when they come to Hong Kong, which can be very complicated. And again, the thing we have to stress without um, sounding like a broken record is that people need to get advice to make sure that they structure those their, their, all of their financial issues and also other things in relation to immigration correctly to make sure that not just themselves and their partner are protected but that they, their children are protected as well. Thank you, Paul. That's Paul Thompson, co-founder of LGBT Capital.